Hi there, and welcome to There's Been a Murder by Ashley and Gareth, where we discuss where we discuss true crimes that have occurred in our home countries, mine being Ireland and Ashley's being Scotland. And just as a warning, there is discussions of violence throughout this episode, so listener discretion is advised. And another slight warning, we are dog sitting just now, so we have Mr Milo with us. And he's usually a very quiet dog, but this is our second time trying to fill him because he decided to bark which he never does, and then he decided to have zoomies. So if you hear any obscure noises, it's Milo. So, Gareth, who are we talking about today? Well, today it's not so much a who, it's a what. Oh. So today we are going to be delving into the dark history of the Stardust Fire this sounds like um, something from, from like Star Trek or <laughs> this doesn't sound um, genuine. So this is one of Ireland's most devastating events. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. And I shall take you on a journey through the labyrinth of lies and, and deception, seeking answers to the unanswered questions. Are you sure this isn't like some <laughs> intro from Star Star Wars or Star Trek or... Surrounding the Stardust Tragedy. From the initial spark to the enduring legacy, this is a story of remembrance, resilience, and the relentless pursuit of justice. So I feel like you've really hyped us up here. <laughs> well, I feel like I'm falling behind <laughs> in our stats. Well, you are. <laughs> so, I'm, so I'm trying to up my game. For here. reference, um, my episodes recently have been doing a lot better. Yes. I think maybe it's just more of our listeners can understand me better. Um, that thick northern accent. Well, I got told last week by multiple people that they love my accent. Yeah, but that doesn't mean they can understand it, Gareth. <laughs> <laughs> I struggle at times. So yes, this this is a story of uh, a nightclub, okay, which was duly called the Stardust. I was just about to ask that. <laughs> and sorry, are we in Southern or Northern Ireland today? We, we are in Southern. Southern. So okay, I feel like we've not been to Southern that much in comparison. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like a lot of your stories are Northern based. Well, that's right. Which from. I get. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah. where I'm from. The building which housed the Stardust was built in 1948 in Artane, County Dublin. So, sorry, this might sound stupid, but County Dublin, is mm-hmm. that is Dublin in County Dublin? Yes, yeah. Okay. So you've got Dublin City and then you've got County Dublin. And is it a lot, is County Dublin quite big? Well, yes, yes, you know, it in, encapsul- encapsulates Dublin City and then it's got the surrounding... Surrounding. Okay. And it was, sorry, the nightclub was in where? Uh, Artane. Artane. The building I which it was in was built in 1948. It was initially a food factory operated by Scots Food Limited. In 1978, the owners of, of, of Scots, the Butterley family, converted the, the premises into an amenity amenity centre consisting of a bar called the Silver Swan, a function room called the Lantern Rooms and a nightclub called the Stardust. Okay, sorry. So it was a food factory yes. owned by the Scot 
No, for the Scots... Scots Food Limited, who was owned and run by the Butterly family. Did they make Utterly Butterly? I have (laughs) not... I have made that joke many times while researching, but I did not research that specific joke. (laughs) Okay, and then they... Sorry... After a while, after the after, did that family then turn it into yes, a bar, a function room a fun- and, and a nightclub, and they were called the the so the fun- the nightclub was the Stardust. Yes, the bar was called the Silver Swan, and the function room was called the the Lantern Rooms. Is there any connection with the names? I have no idea. Yeah, we don't need to focus on. Sorry, the, am I just going a bit in depth there? On the other two, okay. The, Must have been huge. Sorry. Oh well, well, it was a it was a factory, so yeah, it would have been. And so that family owned it as a food factory, and then did they run it as a food factory and then turn yes. it in? Yes. What was the change? It must have just been that, like the the food factory wasn't wasn't making any money. Oh right. Okay. Wow. What a direction it's, to yeah. change in. Seems a bit random. Mm-hmm. The Stardust consisted of a dance floor, a stage, two bars, and two seating alcoves. The North Alcove and the West Alcove. There were also tables and chairs on the dance floor area. The West Alcove had enough seats for at least 280 people. Wow, this place is big. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I suppose I can imagine the appeal for a lot of people, like that it had a function room, the nightclub, mm-hmm. and then was it a bar you said? Yes. Yeah. Like, I feel like that kind of suits, you know, everyone, like whether you might start your night at the bar. Mm-hmm. And then go into the nightclub, well, yeah. or if you've got a function. So while the focus of the story is the nightclub, mm-hmm. the the function rooms at least were being used as well, at the same time. So as but the main heart of the story is the nightclub. Yeah, yeah. So and sorry, Artane is that quite a big place? I have no idea. Oh. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and well, you and you whatever question you asked, I don't know. <laughs> we have listeners from Ireland. So if any of them would like to tell us about our teen and if it's if it's a vibe, let us know. I'm sorry, I should have mentioned as well that this episode is coming out around Valentine's Day. It's coming out the day after, yes. The day after. And this is a Valentine's Day story. Well, this could be our also our last episode. Why? If you don't get me anything for Valentine's Day, <laughs> I might chuck you. <laughs> um, sorry, also, can I ask another question that you maybe don't have the answer to? Uh, the When did when did this um, factory turn into like a function nightclub bar? When, when did that happen? So I do have the answer to that. Because oh, you've got an answer to one of my questions. Well done. Because I've already said it. When was it? <laughs> you told me the factory in 1948. Yeah, it was built. And in 1978, I... they they changed it. See, when you go to edit, I'm, I wonder if you're going to realise I don't think you said that. No, no, it did. Mm. Because it's it's literally in my script. Oh, your script. My script. Never go off script, no. you know? I do it all the time. Maybe that's why you, you, your episodes are doing better than mine. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. Anyway, it was Valentine's Day, nineteen eighty one. So the like early morning of Valentine's Day. Okay. A night meant for love and laughter, 
Oh, but... I thought you were going to say Eleven Shaggy. <laughs> <laughs> no. This is a respectable podcast, actually. <laughs> Listen, see when it's my episodes, you don't mind the effing and blinding. Because <laughs> I don't have creative control over your episodes. Yeah, but I'm constantly editing you out. <laughs> anyway. It was Valentine, Valentine's Day, 1981. A night meant for love and laughter. But for the party goers... Celebrating in, in the Stardust nightclub, it became an unimaginable horror. Over 800 people gathered for a St. Valentine's Eve disco event, unaware of the tragedy that awaited them. Wait, sorry, a Valentine's Eve? So, like, it it started, like, on, on the 13th of February. Oh, And we've okay. moved into... Right. God, that's quite a lot of people. I didn't realise, um, like, a lot of people went out for Valentine's. I didn't either, but you, um, any excuse. The year that this happens, mm-hmm. what did Valentine's... Was, I get if it was a weekend, but if it was during I, I the week, I don't get that, but, you know... I don't know. I've always been... A sit-in type, type of person. What? <laughs> a sit-in type of person. No, I was going to say in a relationship. <laughs> so I don't think you'd ever really go to the dancing for Valentine's when you've oh. got a man. <clears throat> once, once again, anyway. Sorry. <laughs> at, at around half one in the morning, as the disco lights flashed and the music pulsed, a small fire smouldered unnoticed in a storage room adjacent to the roof space. Ooh. Understood to have been ignited by an electrical fault, the blaze quickly gained gained strength, fueled by dangerously flammable materials stored nearby. This included 45 23-litre drums of cooking oil. Oh, Jesus. A lady... What did they need cooking oil, that much cooking oil for? Well, it was a a function room and a bar, so I imagine like they, they, they had a kitchen... As well, but that's what just where the story. Now, I looked up you know, like how big is a twenty three liter drum, mm. and it's not those big massive oil drums you would see, right. like because our bin is probably about fifty liters, so about half of that. But, oh right, but, I was thinking of those yeah. big wooden barrels. Yeah, no, 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 not not that big, but there was forty five of them. Well, that's a lot. Yeah, yeah. yeah. A lady is. Is claimed to have felt an increase in temperature but could not s- smell smoke. As staff noticed a small fire o- on a seat in the west a- a- alcove behind a curtain and tried to e- extinguish it but-, but failed. It is believed that when the fire started in the storage room it fell through the ceiling tiles onto the backrest of the seat. Did they know how to put it out? I know that sounds like a really yeah. stupid question, but I don't know if this is the same thing for you guys. But with an oil fire, you don't you don't throw water on. No, 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 yeah. You because we in Scotland or yeah. the west of Scotland, in school you get like the fire brigade come and talk to you. Oh yeah, yeah. And we, teach you about how to put out a chip fat pan. Yes, oil, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, fire. Yeah, I we got that that as well. It, it's it's putting like a damp tea towel over yeah. it yeah, yeah i used to think it was because we were super unhealthy in the west of scotland that they were like oh <laughs> no even their their chip uh, chip pans <laughs> i think just chip pans were like a thing that like i feel like, like air fryers are the un- new yes yeah, yeah 
the new thing, mm. aren't they? Within minutes, the nightclub was engulfed in flames. The fire quickly spread to tables and chairs. Thick smoke billowed through the air, choking the lungs of unsuspecting party goers. That's terrifying. And I mean, mm-hmm. let's face it, I imagine a lot of them have had a lot to drink. Yeah. So you're already like. We're, we're, we're at half one in the morning. At oh, this Jesus, point. yeah. So, and like, we're actually coming to like the end of the of the night mm-hmm. oh, like closing's coming soon other event yes because um the nightclub ha- having granted a special li- license to extend their alcohol serving hours to 2 a.m ah right okay so they had about like half, half hour, an yes. hour i mean to be fair i think at that time of the night you know they're probably still like obviously it still would have been busy but mm-hmm. i imagine that there would have been like a good few people that had left like a wee bit earlier because mm-hmm. you are used to like you know a nightclub being open so late yeah i don't even know what time nightclubs shut at now it's how old i am <laughs> i couldn't tell you i think it depends on like where you go and like where it's got like a license but like back home like one in the morning that we close i genuinely could not tell you that's okay. how old i am i mean i don't really care for them anymore <laughs> no i know but like i wouldn't know when you're meant mm-hmm. to to go out now um so I'm just thinking this was a factory before. Yeah. So it wasn't a building that was built, obviously, like, for the pretense mm-hmm. of, like, a nightclub and stuff. So I'm just wondering, fire exits and that kind of thing. Why don't you actually give me a chance to build up momentum and tell the story? See, I'm deliberately now sabotaging the episode. <laughs> just getting right to the point. <clears throat> it could backfire. What was... A very small fire at half one in the morning became a raging inferno by quarter to two in the morning. So 15 minutes. A a ferocious burst of heat and thick black smoke poured from the ceiling, causing the materials in the ceiling to melt and rain down (gasps) on the party goers and other flammable materials. A fire flashover enveloped the club and the lights failed. So, a flashover, before you ask, is essentially when... Don't give me that look. (laughs) I predicted it. (laughs) It's essentially when there's enough heat... Yeah. ...to cause a a number of things to ignite in fire. Did you know what a flashover was before you started? No. um, Okay, you just did a wee Google? Aye, of course I did. I've been in a room. You might want to take this out. I don't know. <laughs> don't look at me like that. I'm trying to tell a story here. <laughs> I just want to tell you a wee side story. Um, our school, once again, they were big on fire safety, clearly. Um, we all had to go to the local fire station. Mm-hmm. And one of the tasks that we had to do was to go into a pitch black room that was on fire. You've told me this story, I. I haven't told our listeners. Maybe they want to know, Karen. <laughs> For the listeners, you go in, it's a pitch black room, smells of smoke, and it's warm, very warm, and there's objects, and obviously you can't see, you're meant to feel for the, you're meant to test the door handles to Mm -hmm. see which one's hot and which not. Anyway, I last, in the film it, I lasted about five seconds, and then I, um, I might have lost my shit a wee bit, and the boy in front of me wouldn't move to get us to safety, so I, I shook him by the shoulders and screamed in his face to move. <laughs> and he opened the door and threw us out. That doesn't sound like you at all. 
<laughs> oh, it's horrible. So I can't, I can't, obviously my, my, my um, situation is nothing like mm-hmm. the, this, this situation. However, um, I can't even imagine because you can't hide from the fire, like under tables or anything because they're all on fire. And then you've got like a rain of fire mm-hmm. and, oh, Jesus. So yeah, we've got to a point now where the nightclub is so, is so hot that things are just starting to go on fire, even if there isn't necessarily a fire near, near it. Mm-hmm. And the the lights have failed. So is it pitch black? Well, it's not pitch black because there's fire. But it's like... Yeah, but like, you know, it's, it's terrifying. And you've obviously, I know people have gone home, mm-hmm. but you've still, 800 people showed up that night. So you've got a lot of people in a condensed space, mm-hmm. drunk, trying to get out in those, mm-hmm. that situation. Yeah. If the fire's not getting you, I feel like the stampede's getting you. Well, this caused mass panic mm-hmm. as everyone desperately searched for an escape. The DJ made, made an attempt to provide some, some form of calm sensing the 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 impending consequences the mass panic would endure and stated that there was a small fire and requesting a calm evacuation of the premises a small fire that is the only quote i could get on it <laughs> he's claimed to have said there's a small fire you had a laugh and yes <laughs> yeah yes it doesn't quite add up but like I just picture it, like, as a movie. So it is where like he's, he's just standing there chill, just just on the mic being like, okay, okay, I can mean, can everyone remain calm, please? I don't think anyone in that moment would have been listening to. No, him. no, no. But, I, but see, when you're saying like you picture it in a movie, I picture it in a movie where he's standing there going, "Can everyone remain calm?" And then like a shower of rain, eh, yeah, not yeah. A shower of rain, a shower of flames come flying down on. Mm-hmm. It's giving me vibes a wee bit like um Final Destination. No. Oh. We've both seen it but not together. Um Lake Plat no. Is it Lake Placid? That's the one with the crocodile. Oh not that one then. Um you know the one the town there's a volcano? Oh, Dante's Peak. Dante's Peak. Why did I think Lake Placid? I don't know. Dante's Peak when she's the granny's walking through Aye. the lava. Oh. This is the vibe I'm getting a wee bit. But escape was not easy. The party goers met obstructions and uh, and hurdles wherever they turned. The nightclub's fire exits were chained and padlocked to prevent anyone from from sneaking in, or vehicles were were parked outside the doors so close, preventing them from being opened. Windows were were barred shut with metal grills and steel plates which were unable to be removed despite n- numerous efforts of using sledgehammers axes and even tow tow ropes from people outside trying to pull them off and i'll get onto the emergency services l- later but even a chain attached to a fire engine could not remove the metal grills and steel plates. It sounds like it'd be easier to escape from Berlin. Yeah, like everyone is trapped in 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 here. That's like a bless because they're trying, like they're trying every mm-hmm. everything to get out every way. 
Mm-hmm. And obviously, as they're trying to get out, the fire and the heat and the smoke, everything's just getting worse. Yeah, it gets it gets worse. Oh, this is really mm-hmm. sad, Gary. This isn't going to make people feel lovey-dovey on Valentine's. We host a true crime podcast. <laughs> when when has any of our episodes made made anyone feel happy? No, I don't. Well, I don't know. Maybe there's some sick people out there, but I don't know. <laughs> but what I'm saying is, I feel like people will be needing tissues listening to this one. As the fire raged on, those trapped inside faced a harrowing struggle for survival. Many succumbed to to smoke inhalation and burns. However, many more deaths, deaths and injuries were attributed to the stampede as many realised their only realistic chance of escape was through the main doors. Sadly, in their panic, many mistook the, the men's toilets for the main door and the fire service found 25 to 30 bodies trapped in the toilets. A survivor later later recounted how he, he witnessed people running in every direction in in the the pandemon the pandemonium and that when he he made his escape he actually returned to the building to help others before tripping and and getting trampled. Oh my god. So like he, he survived because obviously he's he's been able to tell the story. Yeah. But yeah, he But he got out, went back, back to get uh, more people and he got trampled. Yeah, because he fell oh, over. Oh bless. Do you know what I was thinking though when you were saying um about the 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 bodies and the, the male's toilets? Um I don't I don't know, like I can't think of what's worse than that situation. Being in that being in that nightclub, mm-hmm. knowing that there's a good chance you you're gonna die, and then succumbing to that, or surviving but having like that man's probably very likely got PTSD. Yeah, and the burns that a lot of them would mm-hmm. have endured. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's coming out unscathed from no. from this situation at all. Did that man? Do we find out how what way he managed to get out? Like, was there a way to get out? Because by the way you've told me, there seems to be no way. It's the the main doors were like the. Is that it? Yeah. The main doors, so I'm wondering if the men's toilet either was close to the main doors or it looks similar. I think like and it, it was it was probably a case that it was close by mm-hmm. so it is but like in the panic you're like there's th- thick black smoke you probably can't your can't eyes s- are probably yeah. really sick yeah. as well so as um you're inhaling all, all the smoke so but your brain capacity as, as as well is probably like failing because of the carbon monoxide i think what's horrific though as well for those ones that ran into the men's toilet is they they most likely thought like they got to the main doors yeah and then that realization when they got in and it wasn't the main it was the men's toilet it wasn't the main doors i think to be one of the first few in because people were obviously just following them yes. so they got in and realized but people were, were just pushing in so they had no no way to, 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 to turn around and say no we've got it wrong yeah so, uh, so as they i imagine like they, they got in and were pushed right to the back i mean to be honest see like um just because we're talking about like nightclubs and things and i know it's been a while since i used to go but mm-hmm. 
I don't honestly like could not tell you like you don't know where an, an emergency exit is in a nightclub like no you never like I know they've obviously now got like the you know the green light above it and things mm-hmm. like that but like how many of us go on a night out or anywhere and you actually know where you what where to go in the event of an emergency bar the main doors like oh yeah because because like if you go to like a a work event or mm-hmm. or what at the start of it they always say. There's no expected uh, fire drills yeah. or what, but if the alarm goes off, exits are here, yeah. here, here. There is, but yeah, if you're in a, at a nightclub and like, you know, if you're in like Cat House in, in Glasgow, you know, it's multiple floors. Yeah. I, well, I lot, wouldn't be surprised if, if, if there's like a thousand people in, in, in a, at any one time. A lot of nightclubs in Glasgow also are, are like um, below street level. Yeah. So... Yeah, like you wouldn't know, mm-hmm. like there. So I don't know if you remember, like, um, the O two that was in um, this near near like garage and campus on in Glasgow. You're just saying words to me now. Oh right, okay. <laughs> well, the O two was like on a Friday night. It used to do. It used to have a night called Jelly Baby, mm-hmm. and that was where like it was quite studenty. Tons of like people under eighteen yeah, would yeah. go, uh, and then Friday night was propaganda, and that was if you were dead indie, and it was just cheap drinks mm-hmm. it was huge though yeah and like that i always remember like you had a like obviously you went down the stairs to it um to the main part mm-hmm. and there was a smokers area outside but that was kind of caged because obviously they couldn't have people just come in but like that burnt down that there ended up being a fire mm-hmm. and it's no longer there which is so sad it was honestly s- such a good night i feel like if you're from glasgow like <laughs> you you either were like into jelly baby or propaganda right um but yeah, like I just wonder, like, like how do how do you, like how 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 are you expected to know what to do in that? Yeah, like and emergency. I, as I said, people have been drinking. It's yeah, like they're, they're drunk, and like being just realistic. I assume there's probably like a number of drugs going but around. But also, do you know what I'm thinking? Right, say, say you've gone out with your pals and mm-hmm. you know it's valentine so say there's like a few people there maybe that you like you know or whatever yeah, yeah. i don't know anyway it could be a small town for all we know if if we were there mm-hmm. and you you know how to get out you know where the main entrance is but you can't find me are you going or are you gonna find me well yeah like that's the question that's the thing. like yeah. how many of us and and that's the problem because no doubt say me and you were in a nightclub couldn't mm-hmm. find one another and this happened. We both go looking for one another and mm-hmm. end up bloody well getting ourselves killed. Aye. We'd find each other and be like, oh, well, we're, we're a bit stuck now. <laughs> we'd be like Jack and Rose in the Titanic. No, it's just flames <laughs> engulfed. <laughs> it's not that romantic. <laughs> <laughs> trying to make it romantic, okay. <laughs> oh, well, back to the story. I don't want to listen to that story anymore. It's really sad, Gareth. <laughs> Meanwhile... Outside the the inferno, emergency emergency services raced to the scene. Ambulances from the Dublin Fire Brigade, the Eastern Health Board, Dublin Civil Defence, the Red Cross, the Order of Malta Ambulance Corps, St John Ambulance Ireland and the Airport Fire Rescue Service were dispatched to the scene. Oh my God. Seven different wow. ambulance uh, services went. Uh, just It just um, emphasises how bad this fire yes. was. 
Mm-hmm. Um, there's much more emphasis. So there is. The first fire engine responded at around one fifty one a.m. So the fire starts at half past, but mm-hmm. it becomes an inferno at quarter two. So that's probably the first sort of like, like they're probably get, getting phone calls at around like twenty two. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about ten minutes for them to get there. Which doesn't seem like a lot, but, but fire spreads so fast, yeah. especially mm-hmm. an oil fire. Mm-hmm. So yeah, the first fire engine got there at one fifty one a.m. and responders responders discovered bodies piled up piled on top of each other inside the the doors many ambulances left the scene carrying up to 15 casualties cie which is like the dublin bus service oh okay so like the first trust or mcgill's to us first trust first bus first bus first trust is the bank (laughs) first bus sounds similar (laughs) Also, uh, also sent buses to transport the injured, and local radio stations asked asked people in the vicinity with cars to come to come to the club and help any way they could. You know, though, what's like quite heartbreaking is that obviously I know the radio is putting out there for people to come mm-hmm. and help, but a lot of people in the area like they'll know somebody in yeah. that that wreckage mm-hmm. um, family friends yeah exactly the city's hospitals were overwhelmed by the influx of injured and dying while firefighters heroically battled the blaze and paramedics tended tended to the wounded for many help arrived too late uh. in the aftermath in the aftermath of the tragedy 48 lives were, were, were lost, 46 in the fire and two later from their injuries and over 200 were were injured. Now, for over 800 people being in there, I, like, I feel like that's a really low number. Well... It, especially with, you know, like the panic of like not being able to get out the fire exits. Yes. I thought that there was going to be a lot of people that got trampled and mm-hmm. they wouldn't make it out. Yeah. But also because you've already told us, was it between 25 and 30, 30 people in, in the, the, toilets, the men's toilets? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So then I was thinking, God, if that's in the men's toilets, how many's in the actual nightclub? Mm-hmm. So I'm quite actually surprised. Like, it's still really yeah. sad yes. that they've lost that many mm-hmm. people. But I'm surprised it's not more, to be honest. The number of people injured, though, mm-hmm. that is expected, you yeah. know. Families were were left shattered. Communities in mourning. Many of the of the deceased were were the breadwinner in their in their family, and the fire is linked to an additional twenty five attempted suicides in subsequent years. Wow. Yet, amidst the grief, questions lingered. How could such a, a disaster occur? Who was to blame? Mm-hmm. Victim victim compensation totaled ten point four million pounds, paid roughly to pay paid to roughly eight hundred and twenty three individuals. That doesn't seem like that much for the amount of people that have been paid out. Well, the most paid out was a hundred thousand pounds, which went to like like five or six people. But then 
parents who had lost a child received a maximum of seven and a half thousand. That's nothing. What year again, sorry, was this fire? Because I know you said when it turned into a nightclub. 1981 was the fire. So I don't know what the... I know obviously like inflation and things, so maybe yeah. it's about 15 grand today. Maybe, yeah. But still, that's, you yeah, know, yeah, like, to lose a child or lose any family member so like, in those situations. Obviously, there was varying varying um, amounts mm-hmm. of like, compensation uh, like, given out. Some people got, got 50,000, 25,000, 10,000. So it is, but 100,000 was the most extreme and 7.5 was the, was the lowest extreme. Wow. Initial investigations pointed to arson, spark sparking outrage and suspicion in november 1981 so that same year Mm -hmm. a tribunal concluded that the start of the fire was likely arson but as subsequent inquiries unfolded doubts emerged about the, the the validity of this conclusion the owners of the stardust nightclub the butterleaf family faced scrutiny for its safety violations yet th- th- they evaded legal repercussions the same they evaded mm-hmm. didn't get any wow the same tribunal that's concluded ar- arson was also damning in their criticism of the butterly family and their ineptitude to to have even the basic safety protocols in in, in place but as I said, they, they escaped all legal repercussions. This must have been them known. They must have been a family that had somewhat good influence in the, the community or something. Because yeah. regardless, even if that was arson <clears throat> or not, the people were trapped in there. Mm-hmm. Like That goes against so many violations, even in the 80s. Yeah. I can't remember if ever going to say, but basically arson isn't... Uh, he's dreaming. Was dying there. <laughs> was so yes, apologies if you can hear it in the background, but but Milo is sleeping on our feet, but beside us. So is but he is dreaming. Oh. So is yeah. Um, don't worry, we're almost done. <laughs> I don't think I go on to say anything more about arson, but like it's it's basically like no one properly believes that it was arson. Right. Yeah. So um, the Butterly family actually sued the government because they obviously received a lot of backlash. That, you know, you know, it, it was them that had caused it. But if it wasn't arson, yeah. then... But, like, their, like, reputation was, was damaged and all. But their... No, very... no, oh, no, 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 yeah, no, yeah, I, I, I get it. But they sued and got £580,000. Well, do you know what? See, with that money that they got, they should have um, donated that to the compensation fund to all the yeah, victims. I, I don't know what they've done with it. I'm never buying Ashley Butterly again. <laughs> we don't know if it's the same company. <laughs> Probably not. <laughs> for decades, families of the victims fought tirelessly for, for justice, demanding accountability and closure. Their journey was marked by setbacks and frustrations, but their resolve but their resolve remained un- unyielding. In 2009, four relatives of those who had died in the fire held a, a sit-in in a security hut at government buildings. So, essentially a protest. 
What were they protesting? That they were asking the government to, to publish a report that examines, examined the need to open a new investigation into the disaster. They just want answers then by the yes. sounds of it. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you'll go on to this or what, but I'm assuming obviously that there was a lot of um, a lot of damage to the, the actual building. Yes. So I'm assuming that the the nightclub and function suite and bar never reopened? No, but I think the family like sort of fixed it all. I mean, I even if you fix that, even yeah. if you're to knock that down and rebuild, I mm-hmm. feel like people, it's always going to have oh, that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, it's tarnished now, oh, isn't it? Oh, yeah. They were asking for the government to publish the report. Uh, and following these protests, the government commissioned an independent examination of the case submitted by the Stardust Victims Committee for a a reopened inquiry into the Stardust fire disaster. Then, in, in 2019, a glimmer of hope emerged. Oh. Fresh inquests were, were, were announced, promising a, a renewed effort to uncover the truth, as witnesses testified and, and evidence was re-examined. The spotlight once again shone on the events of that fateful night. But the road to justice was, was fraught with challenges, legal battles, bureaucratic hurdles, and the passage of time threatens to obscure the truth. Yet families have persisted, fueled by the memory of their loved ones and the quest for closure, which they still haven't got yet. So nobody's ever, nobody or nothing has ever technically been... There's been no blame. And I understand why some of the family members <clears throat> or of the victims would mm-hmm. want, or even the victims themselves, those that survived it, would want a blame put on, on something or what was it? Like, well, yeah, just a lot of answers yeah, and questions to have. As soon as there's blame put, it's easier for them to to move on from it, yeah. I, I imagine. Yeah, because I imagine it's not even necessarily now that they want, like, you know, for financial mm-hmm. gain or anything like that, if they get to, you know, a, mm-hmm. a formally blame is put on something. Um, I think it's just closure, really, isn't yeah. it? Like, wow. But I will note that um, due to advancements in DNA testing, yeah, there was four bodies that couldn't have been identified at the time of the fire oh. that were right were able to be identified and um were exhumed from a, a community grave so as to be properly buried by their, their families is that all you know about that part of it or yeah. okay because i was gonna ask if like were these people maybe from out of town and that was why it was difficult to it was just that were they burned so badly yeah oh horrible isn't it but at least mm-hmm. the families have the closure now yes. that they've been able to bury them mm-hmm. but yeah you would never think that obviously like going on going on a night out like yeah. that's gonna happen and it's probably mm-hmm. the worst place for it to happen because as you say mm-hmm. like there's drink there's drugs nobody knows where the emergency exits are wasn't there actually a fire fire at a nightclub in glasgow a few years ago i we, told you about it we were in in mexico no, I don't know about that one. Yeah, like, or like, I remember being away and like seeing the news that like you know like there was a massive fire like in the middle of Glasgow. I thought it was a nightclub. You sure it wasn't the art school? That's all. No, fire. no, no, no. That happened like 
before it, a few things. before it moved and then it got rebuilt and it went on fire again. Um, I don't know. I'd need mm-hmm. to look up that one, but yeah, definitely those two burnt down. Um, but yeah, it's probably one of the scariest places for a fire to to break out, isn't oh, it? Yeah. You know. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I'm past that age now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so old. Hello. <laughs> but yeah, that was an interesting one. It's mm-hmm. quite sad. It yours was are sad. your your mine are normally sadder. Like your yours normally are okay. Mm-hmm. That was quite a sad one. I felt like. When I was doing the the research and and writing it all out, like like I was feeling it during it, and 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 I was like, I don't know how Ashley's going to react to this. Do you one. know, what I kept thinking, God, I bet you there was some poor sod that went out for Valentine's Day because they were feeling a wee bit lonely. Because mm-hmm. you know, I get that. Like I know not everyone celebrates Valentine's. Yeah. But it's difficult when you're seeing like, especially like nowadays on social media, like people are celebrating mm-hmm. it, and if you're you know single and whatnot, you might feel a wee bit sensitive about it mm-hmm. um and somebody's obviously going on a night out thinking oh I'll, you know i'll get lucky i'll get lucky maybe mm-hmm. and that bloody happens yeah it's a shame i know uh but also it'd be really interesting to know um from any of our listeners if because we weren't born when this mm-hmm. happened um so was it because obviously you've said it was one of ireland's biggest um it's like one of the most without devastating events yes so it would be really interesting to know like if that that was something that they knew about or is this a story that they didn't mm-hmm. know about and, and we've told them it for the first time or yeah. not yeah a good one a uh, good cheery valentine's one <laughs> yeah <laughs> that one <laughs> to get you in the mood <laughs> so yeah that is the story of the stardust arson yeah well, we'd love to know what you think. You can let us know on Instagram at... There's been a murder underscore podcast. Amazing. Thanks so much, guys. Cheers now. Bye. Bye.